see it's Amelia here. Most of you will know me from the 6 o'clock sermon. Or if you are a kitty, uh, you will know me as one of your Friday and or Sunday leaders. I hope everyone is well and if not, you are in my prayers. I cannot wait to see everyone and I hope that is soon. Um, uh, but I miss you all and worshipping together so much. Stay safe, SBC family. Morning, SBC. So blessed to be connecting and fellowshipping with you guys in this way. Um, it has truly been an encouragement to us as a family in the season that we find ourselves in. Sending Ruth a hug and kisses. Can't wait to see you guys and catch up with a cup of coffee. Hello, SBC. It's so nice to be outdoors and in the sunshine and fresh air. We really miss everybody and we hope that you will be able to be together with the Friedenstein family very soon again. Hi, everybody. Hi, and uh, Hi. looking forward to be back Hello. at the church. Hey, SBC, and welcome to the service. Today is our second installment of our series, Getting Ready to Gather. Now, speaking of gathering, today is your last opportunity to sign up for the first two weeks of October. You can head to the link on screen now and you can select a service that you would like to be a part of. We will then allocate you to a date. Now I'd like to point out that our eight o'clock slot is getting rather full. So if you would like to attend church more regularly, then I encourage you to sign up for either the 10.30 or the six. Because the more people we have sign up for one particular service, the longer it'll take us to rotate through those people and get them into the building. But please do sign up for church today. We'll allocate you to a week and we cannot wait to see you in person. Now we're going to head into the rest of our service and I felt to encourage you today that gathering online or in person but coming around God's word is an act of worship. As we do so we acknowledge that God is greater than us and that he has authority over our lives and so I trust that is your attitude today that you're coming with humble and teachable hearts ready to hear from um, your Lord and your Savior. If you want to worship God today through giving you can do so by EFT. And if you want to worship God by declaring his goodness to you, you can do that in our comment section by sharing an answered prayer or a testimony or even just a scripture that will encourage us. We would love to hear from you and what God is doing in your lives. Guys, have a great service and don't forget to sign up for church. I look forward to seeing you soon. Good morning, SBC. It's good to be with you here this morning too. Thanks for joining in yet again for another online service. A big warm welcome to you if you're visiting us for the very first time. But I gotta say the most exciting thing about this morning is the fact that for many of you, this might be your online service for quite some time. And the reason for that is next week, we are getting together. We are gathering together at church in person. We're gonna do worship together, fellowship together, pray together, hear the word of God, preach together. And I'm incredibly excited for that. Um, I must say, though, for those of you who can't make it for whatever reason, the online service uh, will be continuing on as normal, same time, same place, same uh, kind of setup uh, for you. So you will be able to carry on, uh, at least for the foreseeable future, uh, like this. Um, 
Today we're going to be continuing on our series called Getting Ready Together. The sermon series is based off Acts 2, 42-47. This is a wonderful passage that gives an incredible description of what the early church looked like and what they found important. And really it was quite simple. They found, that, uh, they found four things that they gave themselves to. It was to the apostles' teaching, it was to the fellowship, the breaking of bread, and also to the prayers. They did, the word devoted that is used in the text to describe how they gave themselves to these things is not a kind of, I kind of find this important, or uh, uh, yeah, I give my time with what I have or, or, or what I can. But rather, it is quite intense. This idea of devoters is to be intently engaged. It's uh, to attend constantly to. It's to be constantly diligent, to persevere with particularly in the giving of time. As long as things were present and they had the ability to, they would devote themselves to these four areas. And last week, we looked at the first part of the series where we started unpacking what it meant to devote ourselves to the apostles' teaching, particularly to why do we need to do so? What is the need to listen as Christians to the apostles' teaching? And Matt did a phenomenal job in that last week. I encourage you, if you missed it um, or you can't really remember it, to go and listen to it online. It's one of the beauties of having an online service that you're able to listen again and again as much as you need to um, and catch up if you need to online to go and do so. It's, it's really important. And really what Matt spoke about last week was the fact that we are new creatures in Christ. We The old has gone, the new has come. We are we were once enemies of God, now we're sons and daughters of God. We are a new creation in God, which means there is this desperate need as Christians to grow in our understanding of the whole counsel of God, to grow in our understanding of how this new life applies to me, applies to the way I respond and react and live in this world, and, and how it applies to how I, I now relate to God. So, so important. There was this need that they felt and were and, and they wanted to solve and and desired to grow in their understanding of the whole counsel of God and so they gave themselves they devoted themselves to it and the challenge for us as Christians in the 21st century is to make sure that we too grow in maturity that we too grow in our understanding of the whole counsel of God. We can't stay immature, but we need to grow as believers. And how we do this, one of the primary ways in which we do this is to devote ourselves to the preaching, to the heralding, to the proclaiming of the whole counsel of God through his word. And we are to give ourselves to those things. However, I fear that the church, and I say the church, I mean the ouch, I includes our church, but also church as a whole around the world. General, a generalized statement here is that we find ourselves in a state where listening to God's word preached is something that's becoming rarer and rarer as each day, month, and year passes. That we find ourselves in a place where Amos 8.11 is applicable. Where it says that there will be a famine of the hearing of the words of the Lord. And I find it quite ironic that in an age where uh, 
the preaching of God's word is more accessible than it has ever been. I mean, even at a local level, you're able to not just hear the sermons that were preached on the Sunday, but now you get to watch them. You get to see them preach. It makes it so easy for you not to get distracted and bored. You get to listen and watch. But yet in an age where it is so accessible, even at a local level, we find it that many, many people are neglecting this. And I, and I think the, the reason behind that is because we live in a society and culture that questions authority. Who are you, preacher, to preach into my life? Who are you to tell me how I should live? How do you get to tell me what I should do and should not do? Your truth is your truth and my truth is my truth. They might be different, but they're just as true and just as important. It's postmodern um, thinking. And so we find ourselves in a place where we question the authority of the preacher. And this might not be that we neglect church altogether, but this might be that when even as we sit down, we nitpick what we want when the preacher speaks. That we say, that I like, that I don't, that I want, that I don't. And we pick and choose what we want and we become deaf to what we should hear and only listen to what we want to hear. And so... I want to, this morning, come to uh, a biblical arguments and, 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 and come to uh, try and answer the, this idea of where does this authority come from, that a preacher is able to preach with a, a source of authority. How can he or she, whoever's in the pulpit, might be able to preach with a sense of authority? How can they be someone I listen to? Why should I devote myself to listening, to taking on what they say, to be able to wrestle it in my heart, to see how it applies to me and let it affect my life? What gives the right for the preacher to do so? And why should I devote myself to that? And so in order to do that, we're going to look at a passage, 2 Timothy 3 verse 16 to chapter 4 verse 5. And I'm going to ask Roday and Tremaine if they wouldn't mind reading that for us this morning. I'm going to hand over to them and then you'll come back to me and hopefully we'll be able to achieve some of our goals this morning. Good morning, SCC. Good morning, church family. This morning we'll be reading from 2 Timothy 3 verse 16 to 2 Timothy 4 verse 5. And I'll be starting for us. All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead, and by his appearing and his kingdom, preach the word, be ready in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, and exhort with complete patience and teaching. For the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching, but having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions and will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myths. As for you, always be sober-minded, endure suffering, do the work of an evangelist fulfill your ministry thanks tremendous day really appreciate you guys for reading that for us 
Um, just a reminder for all of us this morning that what we're trying to achieve is we're trying to uh, look at why is there an authority behind the preaching of God's word. And, and if we can grasp that there is an authority behind the preaching of God's word, it will help us to devote ourselves to it. It will help us to take seriously what is preached and how we need to apply it to our lives and hopefully shape our attitude to, towards preaching as a whole. Um, and the first point that I have for you this morning is that God speaks through his uh, preached word. God speaks through his preached word. Um, this is found in chapter 4, verse 2, where Paul commands Timothy to preach, but to preach what? To preach the word of God. And this is where the ultimate authority is found for Timothy in his preaching. It's not so much who he is, but what he preaches. He preaches the word of God. Why? Why is that where the authority lies? Well, we've seen the verse that we read this morning in 2 Timothy 3 verse 16, speaking about the word of God. It says, all scripture, the word of God, is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. All scripture, the, the word that Timothy preaches is breathed out by God. Um, that means all scripture is some way produced by God. Just as God uh, created the heavens and all parts of the universe uh, by breathing, uh, by the breath of his mouth, as Psalm uh, 36, uh, 33 verse 6 says, so in the same way the Holy Spirit has produced the word of God. As the various writers were writing out their various books, the Holy Spirit was working in them. And ultimately, the work that they produced was exactly the end product that God wanted. Now, this does not mean that they were passive uh, in their writing. It does not mean that they fell into some form of a trance and just wrote and then woke up and uh, had this wonderful produced work or they had a tape recorder that God just spoke directly and they just wrote. They would have been active, they would have thought, they would have pondered, they would have uh, come up and, and structured it the way they wanted to, they would have been really involved in putting the book together but ultimately every word that they put down was the word that God wanted them to put down. It is exactly the way he wanted it to be. That was the end product, was God's word spoken. And this means that this is not man's work with some sprinkled divine inspiration on top of some of its parts, but rather the whole entirety of scripture is the very inspired word of God. And, and so, so that means for us that this, uh, the original words were written um, and breathed out by the Spirit of God and that the Spirit of God is able to take those words and apply it to our lives. The, the God-breathed characteristic of Scripture means the Holy Spirit is able to speak to us, make us understand it. And as a result, we know for certain that God's Word is reliable and trustworthy. So not only is it authoritative because God speaks it, it is His very Word that He has spoken. But as a result, we know that it is trustworthy and true when it is spoken correctly. And so we, we see in, in John 17, verse 17, Jesus, um, Jesus says these words. He says, sanctify them in the truth. He's praying to the Father. He says, sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. And what is interesting here is that Jesus, <clears throat> excuse me, Jesus doesn't use the uh, adjective true, but he uses the noun truth. Um, and there is a, an important difference here because what it tells us about Scripture 
is that it's not true in the sense that it conforms to some higher standard or final standard of truth, but rather because it is the truth that it is the final standard of truth. So, so important. And so therefore the preaching of God's word, the word of God itself is trustworthy. It's authoritative because God has spoken it, but it is trustworthy because it is the final standard of truth. The very written word of God becomes a guide to our lives. And every other standard of truth needs to conform and align with scripture. Otherwise, it is not true. And so that helps us understand that when there are many voices that claim to speak for God and on God's behalf, and and particularly in the stage of the world at the moment, so many prophecies, so many revelations, so many people claiming to speak on God's behalf, it has to come alongside Scripture and uh, connect to Scripture, uh, agree, agree with Scripture, because Scripture is the final standard of truth for us. Anything else needs to be cast aside. And so, and so here's the important thing. The authority of preaching and the truth of preaching goes so far, can only go so far as it preaches the word of God. The authority of preaching and the truth of preaching goes only as far as the word of God is preached. So let me use an illustration of a messenger. A king sends his messenger out with a message to his subjects. As the messenger preaches, or when a preacher speaks and and proclaims to everyone the message that the king has sent him to speak. There is authority there. Why? Because the king is the one who's ultimately speaking through his messenger. It's the king's words. The messenger is just saying them. But if that messenger decides to go on a tangent, to speak on his own behalf, to, to speak his own agenda, to push his own wants, then he loses all authority. No one has to listen to him because it's not the king's words but rather it's the messengers. And the same is with the preacher. The preacher's authority is only so much as that he proclaims the word of God. If it does not come alongside scripture, agree with scripture, and it's pushing his own agenda, his own wants, and his own desires, then he loses his authority. Then we do not have to listen. But when it is the word of God that is being preached and proclaimed, it's not the preacher who's speaking, but the Holy Spirit through the preacher as he proclaims the very words of God itself. And it can be trustworthy. God graciously speaks through the proclaimed word um, through preachers. And when the word of God is preached, we ought to listen because its authority is not in the preacher itself but rather in the words that he speaks, the word of God. And and here's the thing about scripture as well. And and this is important for us to understand as we look at texts that are thousands of years old. And and as we look at the timing and the culture that is vastly different now, and there are many, many people who say we ought to change scripture to fit our context, to fit our culture. But the reality of the matter is because it's the spoken word of God and God does not change, the word does not change. But also that the word that has been spoken then is just as applicable and as important for us now as as it ever was. Why? Because scripture is not outdated. It's not stale. It's not dead. 
Listen to Hebrews 4 verse 12. It says, For the word of God is living and active, sharper than two-edged sword, piercing the vision of the soul and of the spirit, the joints and of marrow, and the discerning uh, the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Did you hear that? It is living and active, not stale, not dead, not outdated, but it is just applicable to us now than it was when it was penned thousands of years ago. And the Holy Spirit is able to take the preaching of his word and make it powerful and living for those who hear. We ought to listen to authority of the preaching, not because of who the preacher is, but because of what the preacher preaches. He preach, if he preaches the word of God, then we ought to listen because God is speaking, even though he might have a strange messenger to give it. He's speaking and we ought to listen. And it is true and it's reliable and it's active now. The second uh, point that I wanted to make is the coming of the kingdom. The coming of the kingdom. We find this in chapter 4 verse 1. It says, I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ, who is to, uh, who is to judge the living and the dead, and by his appearing and his kingdom. Paul charges Timothy here, not on his own accord and his own name, but rather in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus. This is a, a conscious understanding that God is approving of the commission that he is making. And perhaps this is the strongest incentive for Timothy as a preacher to be faithful uh, in the preaching of God's word is that God has commissioned me to preach his word and to preach it faithfully. But also, just on a side note, we're not looking at the preacher itself, but more of the authority of the preaching. But it also shows us that not all uh, Christians are commissioned to preach. Only certain guys are commissioned by God to preach. And that's, that's okay. That's, that's fine. Uh, because we have been all given other spiritual gifts. Thank God he has given us more than just preachers. But he has given us many, many different gifts and people who are far more talented in other areas than, than most preachers are. But what this helps Timothy to do is to help him to stand firm in the preaching of God's word, regardless of what is going to come his way. And he will have a tough task. But the primary point of this passage is not so much his commission, or this verse is not so much his commission, but rather the appearing of Christ. That Jesus is going to come again. He's going to establish his kingdom and he's going to judge the living and the dead. And Paul is saying, Timothy, I want you to take seriously this task of preaching the word of God. Because ultimately Christ is going to appear again. He's going to establish his kingdom and he's going to judge you based on how faithful you were to the preaching of God's word or not. An incredible incentive uh, for Timothy to be faithful. But I must say that while this, these, these truths of the judgment and the kingdom uh, are certainly expectation on uh, Paul and Timothy, they're also an expectation on us. These truths apply to us as well. Um, for the preacher, the same standard that Timothy has held to, so we are held to as well. Preachers, we will be judged on how faithful we were to the word of God. How faithful we were and how, uh, how much we were willing to persist and persevere in preaching God's word and not conforming to what the world wanted, but what God wanted to say. But having said that, for the hearer, there's this implication as well. We, we cannot think, it would be remiss of us and silly of us to think that God would have such a high standard of what the preacher has to say and he best say God's word the way he wants it to say, but yet for the hearer, uh, you can listen to it or not. 
the same judgment, and we're going to talk about the judgment, the judgments here. For the hearer, he will be judged on what he hears and how he applies it to his life. You see, while the, the preacher is responsible for making sure that he preaches the word of God faithfully and, and what it says and not put his own agenda in it, and we certainly will be judged for that, he is not responsible for the response of the hearer. The preacher is not responsible for the response of the hearer. Oh, he must, he must call them to hear. He must rebuke them if they're not. He must encourage them to take it seriously. But ultimately, his job is to faithfully preach it, allow the word of God to go forth and achieve its purpose. But it's the hearer's job to make sure that what they hear, they respond to not the preacher, and the hearer will be judged based on what they do with what is given to them by God. And we see this throughout Scripture. One of the, and particularly in the Old Testament, we, we see a, this verse in Jeremiah 25, verses 4 and 7. It says the following. Jeremiah is speaking here. He says, You have l- neither listened or inclined your ears to hear, Although the Lord persistently sent to you all his servants and the prophets, you have not listened, you have not inclined to hear. The God has continually sent, sent to you prophets and to, for you to listen to. And here it goes on in verse 7, it says, Yet you have not listened to me, declares the Lord, that you might provoke me to anger with the work of your hands to your own harm. You'll be judged on what we have not heard. For the church, there is a continual sending out of preachers. God is preaching, uh, speaking to you through the preaching of his word. He has sent you preachers that are preaching faithfully. Your job is to respond to what he is saying to you through them. Even if they say it in a way that is boring, even if they say it in a way that isn't as exciting as you would like it to be, your responsibility is to listen to the word of God and apply it to your lives. And there's a series to take this now. The, the kingdom is coming. There's an urgency not to lay this responsibility off to another stage. We have the tendency to do that in whatever stage we're in. If we're teenagers, we say we'll wait until varsity. If we're in varsity, we will wait until we got uh, out of varsity and start to get a job. When we get a job, we say we'll wait till we have a family. When we have a family, we'll wait till they're out of school. When they're out of school, we say we we wait till retirement. When retirement comes, we'll wait till, till we finish traveling. And the moment happens that we did. And we haven't ever taken this seriously. We waste our lives. And in a similar way, the encouragement is not only, oh, you might die in 10 years, take this seriously. But no, no, Christ might come tomorrow. He might come tomorrow. Are you going to take seriously the word of God? For he will come and he will judge the living and the dead. So do not lay this off to another point, but take it seriously now. So we looked at the judging of the coming of Christ, but also there's this idea of he will come and establish his kingdom. And for Timothy, the establishment of the kingdom of God and the full consummation of the kingdom would have had multiple implications to him. But one of those things would have been an incredible reminder to Timothy that the kingdom is coming and the kingdom is here now. And he has a role to play in advancing this kingdom now before it is fully consummated at the coming of Christ. To make sure that he gets as many people in to the kingdom as possible now through his preaching. That he sees as, as see that he does his best to see how far and wide he can make this kingdom go 
He's a part of something. And for the hearer, there's a similar implication as well. For the hearer who hears the word of God, there's a similar implication as well. Is that you as a believer in Christ, you are a part of this kingdom. And as a part of this kingdom now, you have been commissioned and asked to every believer to help see it grow and extend through your faithful witness of of Christ through using your spiritual gifts to making sure where God has placed you, that you extend the kingdom where you are at. But here's the thing about local preaching. I'm talking about the local preaching now. Is that God moves the local church through his local preaching. That the series that we are going through now, God will shape us as a church. And for those who miss it, they will miss out on why we do these things and will be less effective for the kingdom. God speaks to his church and gives them vision for what they should do in the cities that they have been placed in. God commissions the church and its people to uh, do certain things and lays burdens on their hearts for certain tasks so that they might go and do it. But for those who miss out on this local preaching, what happens is they miss out on being effective for the kingdom of God. Friends, I know there's great preaching online. There's some guys who are incredibly gifted and incredibly talented and preach faithfully the word of God. And while those things might be able to come in and add to, they should certainly not take away from your local preaching. Because the local preaching, even though it might not be up to that standard, the local preaching commissions you in your church where you have been grafted in by the sovereignty of God to play a role for his kingdom and his glory. And if you miss out on this local preaching so that you might listen to some guy speaking to his church in the state, you will be on different planes and on different stages and you will be less effective for the kingdom of God. And that there should be frightening to us. What we would rather be is uh, devote ourselves to what God is saying to us so that we might live out for his glory here in East London. John Stott says the following, but why we need to hear the word of God preached, but particularly to the church. He says, a church, a deaf church is a dead church. Wow. A church, a deaf church is a dead church. That is an unalterable principle. God quickens, feeds, inspires, and guides his people by his word. For whatever the Bible is truly and systematic, for whenever the Bible is truly and systematically expounded, God uses it to give his people the vision without which they perish. We need to listen to the local preaching of the word because in it we get the vision for which God will help us to live for his glory. All right then. If we grasp all that, if we grasp what's been said so far, how then does it change our attitude towards uh, preaching? Well, I think firstly, if we get this and we've allowed this to set in our hearts and we grasp the importance of of listening to the word of God, there is suddenly an eagerness to hear God. There's an eagerness to hear God. We, We come to church on a Sunday, not so that we might hear from man, but that we might hear from God. That we might hear God speak to us through the proclaiming and proclamation of his word. And so that means that we can arrive on a Sunday, sit down and see the preacher stand up. And that preacher might not be the preacher we generally like. 
He might have a style that he does. He might have things that he says that we don't enjoy. He might just his personality, whatever the case might be. He might use his hands a lot like I do and that annoys you. But whatever the case might be, that you do not uh, cast the preacher off and a tune out because you know that if he preaches the word of God, then what God has to say is important for you to hear, regardless of the messenger that has been sent and who is saying it. And that you know that if God in scriptures we have seen has used a donkey to bring across his message, then he can use that man. And so you will glean from him as much as you possibly can because he is preaching the word of God. Uh, Charles Spurgeon puts it like this. He says, filled with the same spirit of contriety, the men of this world still depreciate uh, the ministers whom God sends them and profess that they would gladly listen if different preachers could be found. Nothing can please them. The cavils are dealt out with heedless universality. Cephas is too blunt, Apollos too flowery, Paul too argumentative, Timothy too young, James too severe, John too gentle. Well then, let each servant of God tell his message in his own way. To his own master he shall stand or fall. Judge the preacher if you like. But, and here it is, do remember that there is something better to be done than that, namely to get all the good you can out of him and pray his master put more good into him. Don't let who is preaching stop you from hearing God's word. And friends, if if we have this view and understanding, it also means that if we do not hear from God that morning, if we have heard the word of God being preached, but yet we come away with nothing, we are not satisfied. We want to get something. We plead with the Holy Spirit to reveal it to us. We go back and listen to the sermon again if we must. But we make sure that we come away. Lord, what are you saying to me? What do I need to know? I want to hear from you. We are not satisfied coming away having not had heard anything. The second part of how this changes our uh, attitude towards preaching means that we pursue and devote ourselves to preaching in season and out of season, in season and out of season. If Timothy the preacher is called and told that he best preach regardless of the season, if it's in season and out of season, then we too as hearers have the same commission and same demand on us that we devote ourselves to the preaching of God's word in season and out of season. We are to seek the voice of God through the preaching in seasons of plenty and in seasons of uh, little. We are to seek uh, the, uh, uh, to hear the voice of God through the preaching of, of his word when it is easy and when it is tough. We are to seek to hear his voice through preaching of his word when it is convenient and when it is not convenient. We are to seek to hear the voice of God through the preaching of his word when we are busy and when we aren't busy. We ought to seek to hear his voice through preaching in season and out of it. And lastly, I think this is how it changes our attitude towards it. And I'm going to wrap up with this is that we are to endure the work of the Spirit through the word of God. We endure the work of the Spirit through the word of God. You see, preaching uh, has many facets to it. 
Their preaching can, as we've seen even in this text, can result in rebuking, uh, reproving, uh, uh, reproofing, exhorting. It can be comforting at times. It can be encouraging. It can be equipping. It can be correcting. It can be teaching. Oh man, there are many facets to teaching. So, uh, and preaching. So that, that there are times when we come out of a sermon on a Sunday and we are bouncing because the sermon that the preacher preached was an encouraging one. We feel loved. We feel fired up. We feel ready to go. We are able to conquer this world. We are going out there for the glory of Christ. It was wonderful. We feel like we're floating on a cloud. But there will be other times when the preacher is preached, when we come away feeling like we've been hit by a bus. That the word that is preached, because we believe to, we need to preach the whole word of God. All of it is inspired. All of it is God's word. So there are going to be moments and times as we systematically go through scripture that we want to come across hard things to hear. Hard things to grasp mentally. Hard things to take in spiritually and personally as we are challenged. And we are going to come away at times frustrated because how dare the pastor say that to me? We're going to come away saddened because we realize we have to cast aside things that hold we hold so dear to us. We're going to come away annoyed as we our worldview has been challenged by God's word and that upsets us. There are going to be times when it is tough to be under biblical teaching. But friends, I want to implore you to endure the work of the Spirit through the preached Word of God. The Spirit uses those moments to shape and to mold us. He takes the Word of God so that He might work in us. We see that, and it's sometimes painful, it's sometimes difficult, it's sometimes sore. The pruning is not easy, the shaping is not great, it is hard. But yet again, as we remember that this is God's word, that this is God himself speaking to me through his word. It's authoritative in my life because God is the one speaking. It's truthful and it's good for me to take on. When we remember that and it helps us to endure this because it is tough. The word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword. The, The vision of the soul uh, the division of the soul and the spirit, the joints of marrow, discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Oh, how tough and difficult that is when the word of God comes through and cuts through like a hot, bife, a hot knife through butter. It is, it is hard for us to take. Oh, but the results of it, what are the results of, of this? It is, it, the results of this is that, that the man of God may be complete and equipped for every good work. The, the Spirit shapes us and molds us and we might be complete, so we might mature, that we might grow in our love for God, that all those dead branches have been cut off, how painful that might have been, so that we might bear branches that bear fruit for the glory of Christ. Oh yes, when the Word of God comes and we hear it, and it's not what we want to hear, it means we have to put our pride in our pocket, it means that we have to do things that we do not want to do. Oh, but we will do so. Why? Because the Spirit is working us so that we might be complete that we might know Christ and we might bear fruit for him. Because the challenge, and we see this in this text, is that Paul warns Timothy. He says, Timothy, there's a time that is coming when people aren't going to listen to sound teaching. They aren't going to listen to the whole counsel of God. But what they are going to want is going to want to have their ears tickled. 
to hear the things that they want to say so that they might continue on, li- continue on living in their passions and in their own desires without change. And friends, I want to challenge you. I want to warn you, guard your hearts from only running to preachers that tickle your ears. To only going online and finding the ones that make you feel upbeat. To ignoring the whole counsel of God at your own detriment because it might mean you grow in certain areas, but you'll be weak and immature in many. You'll be weak and immature in many. Endure the work of the Spirit because the Spirit brings life, not death. Spirit brings life and not death. I hope that encourages you this morning to realize that the word of God, when it is preached, is authoritative and true. And that we, as the hearers of the word being preached, need to devote ourselves to this and come eager, wanting to hear, knowing that what God has to say to me will benefit me. He wants to speak to me. He wants me to hear him in season and out of season. He wants to prune me and mold me and shape me so that I might become a man or woman of God complete, equipped for every good work, so that I might, in my local church, in my local area, live for the glory of Christ because I have heard His direction through the local preaching of His Word. Respond to it. Listen to it. It is not man who speaks when the Word of God is speaks. It's the power of the Holy Spirit and it's God who speaks to you. Let us pray. Our Lord, we are incredibly grateful to you that the God of heaven and earth has so graciously given us his word. That you have written down your word for us, that we might know you, that we might live life to its fullest, that we might endure Christ. Without your word, if it was no longer in existence, we wouldn't know Christ and we'd be lost for all eternity. But because of your word, we can hold on to these wonderful truths. We can know you and enjoy enjoy you um, uh, and, and, and draw closer to you. And so, Lord, I pray that we would be a church that devotes itself to the biblical teaching of your word. That when the, the Bible is preached, that we would be eager to hear, knowing that it's not the, the fallible, fickle man or woman that brings the message, but rather it is the power of God's word that I am eager to hear, and that we would be devoted to it, that we would hear it, that we would be doers of it for the glory of Christ, we pray. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Cheers, everyone. Have a good day. We're going to be heading off into a time of worship now and just praise God for what He has done. Cheers. Cheers.